Good morning, everybody. Thanks for coming up here. All right, what do I, what do I have? What animal is this? A chicken. A chicken, yeah, or a hen. I think that's the right term for a hen. Yeah. Um, and what are these little guys next to the hen? Baby chicks. Baby chicks? Yeah, you, you, you have a farm. You know what baby chicks are. The experts, I appreciate that. Luke, very nice, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, so, you know, are the chicks really close to mom or are they really far away? They're really close. And Mama Hen loves, likes to have the chicks close, especially if there's danger, right? Then Mama Hen spreads her wings over her chicks, protects them, right? Which is cool. You know, what sound do chicks make? Cluck, cluck, right? Is that cluck, cluck, like Mother Hen? Or like, cheep, cheep. Can you guys do that with me? Cheep, 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 cheep. Or peep, peep. Someone told me in the first service it was peep, peep. But we'll just go with cheep, cheep. Cheep, cheep. Now, can you give me a happy cheep? Like, there's food and they're eating. You go, cheep, 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 cheep. Cheep, cheep. All right. How about like a scared, a scared cheep, cheep? Cheep, cheep. Cheep, 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 right? And so one of the cool things about Jesus is that he likens himself to a hen that wants to keep us close and wants to spread his protecting wings over us. And when there's danger and in good times and bad, we can always call out to him and we can say, cheep, 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 cheep. And he understands. He knows exactly what we need. We can actually use words, but, you know, even if we're not quite sure, he knows what we need and he answers us and he takes care of us because he's that that hen that holds his protecting hands over us. So let's thank God for Jesus and how he protects us and lets us talk to him whenever. All right, dear Jesus, thank you for letting us cheap, cheap to you uh, in good times and bad and to always know that you want us close and you love to hear from us. We thank you for this wonderful privilege. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, your brothers and sisters in Christ. You can tell children are learning, whether they're very, very small or 20 years old, when they, young adult, adults, adults, when they, uh, when they imitate, they're picking up on things. You think about it, they, they, they see something that someone's doing that's valuable or it gets them something and there's an advantage to it and a benefit for others and they start to want to do those things. And that's a great way of learning. And, and imitation is something we want to do when it comes to our Father in Heaven and our Savior Jesus Christ. The disciples picked up on Jesus as he was praying. He would pray to his Father privately by himself, off in a quiet place, but also publicly out in the open and sometimes out loud for everyone to hear. And they said on one occasion, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus willingly does so. And so learn alongside the disciples about prayer and pray. Prayer says something about God. Prayer says something about man. And pray because you have a real relationship with your Father in Heaven. Here now the words of Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. 
The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is God's word. Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. If you look out the window and you see the, the neighbors setting up a nice new one of those taller pools for their kids with cool, clean water and their kids laughing and playing and jumping in, within the next breath, what are your children going to be asking you for? Or maybe give them an hour. You know, they want a pool. They want a pool. At least they want to play in that pool. But they want a pool just like that. And with, without any really jealousy involved here, we see Jesus' disciples see that not only Jesus prayed, but John, the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, taught his disciples to pray. So they say, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And Jesus does so. And he says, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Maybe one of the most shocking things about this is how we are to address the almighty creator, the just and righteous God and holy God. How are we to address him? And Jesus says, say, Father. It almost doesn't seem right that sinful messes like us should call upon our almighty creator, our holy God, as Father. And it wouldn't be except for Jesus made it right for us to do so. Hallowed be your name, or may your name be kept holy, or we may, may we keep your name holy, or maybe it holy among us. You know, this is what we're praying. What's in a name? When you say name, a person's name, you're really thinking about everything about them, everything that comes to mind. So when you think of a name like, oh, who should we pick? Um, a name like um, LeBron James. You think of, you know, basketball star, lots of money, long career. You know, you think of all these different championships, things like this. You think of a name like, um, you know, Ronald Reagan, we're going back a ways, or Jimmy Carter. Or you think about Bill Gates and you think of, you know, like, money, philanthropy, Microsoft, all, you think of the family news you know about, and all this stuff, and all this stuff comes to mind. So when we think of the name of our God and who he is, our Father in heaven, we think of everything that's to him, everything that he has revealed to himself about us in his word, and we want that. Now, not that we make him more holy or less holy than he already is. He's perfectly holy, but we're asking that, that, that God, you and I want to keep him holy. Help us keep his name holy and for ourselves, and that we speak his word truthfully, and that, you know, we're, we're more worried about offending God than we are about offending, offending the sinful world with its misconceptions around us, and that we hold to God's word. We don't cut out parts of it, but we say, this is what God wants me to know. This is God's will for me, and I want him to always be number one in my life. Hell be your name. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. A lot of people have misconceptions about this still today, but in Jesus' day, it was that the Pharisees really had it, and the disciples kind of 
we're messed up on this a little bit too. What, what is Jesus' kingdom? Is it a plot of land we're thinking about, or, or what is this? Jesus clears up the confusion. He says, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that could be observed, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst, or rather, within you. It's Christ ruling in your hearts. You are the kingdom. You are his kingdom. And he brings you, makes you kings and priests to, to serve our God and Father. He rules in your hearts by faith, through, through the Holy Spirit working faith in your hearts, through the gospel and word and sacrament. And he makes your heart his home. The Holy Spirit makes your body his temple. And as you're connected to God's word and his sacraments, your faith grows, and then his rule and reign is strengthened in your heart. And, and we pray that God let this always be and let your will be first in my life. And I want my will to align with your will because your will is best. And so we, we pray this, your kingdom come. And there's no mistake with the order of the Lord's Prayer. While Matthew records a, 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 the, the more fuller version, Luke still has that, that order. You know, what are we praying for first? We're keeping our eyes focused on God our Father. He's the most, he's number one. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, right? And, and, and we look at it that we want his name to be always holy and, and everything he says is the most important and we will follow and your kingdom come. We want you always to always be working in our hearts, curbing us back to you, showing us your love and forgiveness. And then on top of that, you know, prayer says something about God, doesn't it? His grace and mercy and that he's the answer for everything we need. And then on top of that, he says, ask me for everything you need. And so he says, Pray, give us each day our daily bread. What are you having for lunch? Not to get you thinking about it too early. Get your mind off of this. I mean, we got donuts and coffee after the service. It'll be okay. You'll make it. But, but what are you having for lunch? Just bread and water? Some of you might be, and that's perfectly fine. You know, we, all we need is the shelter, the, the clothes on our back, bread, water, and we're good. But doesn't God bless us so much more abundantly? that we've come to expect that we will always have not only bread, but maybe a meat or a side salad or something and a drink to pair with it and just the, the blessings that God pours out on us. And so we, we pray, give us each day our daily bread, fully knowing that God gives us more than that. And also it's talking about everything that leads to that, a good economy, farmers, rain to, land, rain to feed the crops. We need, we need people to work it. We need a good government. We need peace. We, need, we pray for godly parents, godly children, godly spouse, godly... Um, Leaders and, and all these things that play into, you know, work, that we can, that we can do this work, even that too, and, and that we can have this daily bread. And God provides it in all these ways. We're praying for all of that. Clothing, shoes, house, home, land, candle, all we own and all we, we need. Prayer says something about man, our great need, not only physically, but also spiritually. Jesus says, pray, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And as we look at how great our God is and what Scripture says about his mercy and grace, we realize there's a, a need for such great mercy because we are such sinners. And how far we've fallen, that we are dead in sin even, and we need to be made alive. It was that bad. And yet, that's how great and merciful God is, and that's just how sinful humankind is. And we look at, at what, what God demands, the, the perfection he demands, and yet... How often haven't we gotten an F on that report card? Failed, or maybe there are some withdrawals where we didn't even show up to try, or some incompletes where we never really fully did what God asked. But the one who, 
The one who bids us, teaches us to pray to our Father in heaven is also the one that gives us the right to, gives us the confidence to approach him without fear. Because what did he do? He, he lived the perfect life. He took on flesh. God the Son took on flesh, true man, true God, and he lived a perfect life for each and every one of us, getting a 4.0 across the board. Always his will was in line with the Father's will. And he was always going to do what the Father asked of him. And he did. He got an A+. And in the comments section of his report card, you know, multiple times, the Father says, this is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And then he takes our names and he puts it on his report card. It's like God looks at us the same way. And then because we had failed, because sin needs to be paid for and needs to be punished and sinners need to be punished for our failures when we just said, no, God, we're going to do what we want to do. We're going to neglect you. We're going to not listen to you. And we're going to do my will instead. The, the incompletes where we, we left the, the pew empty, the, the God's word on the shelf, and we just figured we'll be fine without it. Um, the, the times where we just withdrew and we didn't say the words we needed to say, the word of encouragement that we were to give, the word of forgiveness that we were to speak, but we withheld it in our anger or our hurt. And Jesus took all that. And he went to detention. He suffered the eternity in hell that you and I deserve, so we never would. He stretched out his arms and, and he was crucified. He suffered death that you and I are forgiven completely and fully. He said it is finished and he meant it. Everything needing to be done so you have an eternity in heaven was done on the cross. And then Jesus rose from the grave three days later to prove beyond a doubt and to prove to you everything that God says about himself, everything that scripture says about Jesus and all the promises he makes are absolutely true. And so you can trust in him when he tells you to do these things. And you can trust in him when you pray to him knowing that he knows just what to do and just what you need. And he loves you. Because, pray because you have a real relationship with your Father. And he goes with you. Even with the temptations we have here and now, each and every day that we have to fight against. We have that new person in us that the Holy Spirit has created in our hearts and that, that fights against the old person in us that wants to do evil and wants to run away from God and reject his commands. And yet God helps us fight and overcome these things. And to align our will even more so with God's perfect holy will for us. Pray because, pray because you have a real relationship with your Father and trust that because Jesus has done it for you and given it to you. Jesus tells the story of, of a man who goes to his neighbor and he, you know, give me some bread. I got, a, I got a relative or whoever that came from a long distance and they're famished and I've got nothing to feed them. And you hear about Middle Eastern hospitality and Palestinian hospitality and, and Jesus' day, and, and you understand all that. But, but even if the man would say, you know, suppose he would say, I'm in bed. No. You know, and you say, well, I thought they were friends. Well, the friendship ended when he got tucked in with his kids. And never wake a sleeping baby, right? But no, he's not, he's not going to do it. But then Jesus says, no, he will do it. Not because of your friendship, but because you won't stop. And he just wants to stop being bothered so he can get some sleep. And just picture it, you could, you could never bother God with your prayers, but he wants you to try. You could never bother God with your prayers, but he wants you to try. He says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For whoever asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. And that's often exactly how it happens in our lives, isn't it? 
so often. We pray for something and God knows just what we need. And within the week, sometimes within the day, it's answered. But sometimes it feels like, wait, he's not answering. And so you seek. And then it seems like you can't find. And then you knock. And now you're pounding on the door of heaven. And then you realize as you read scripture, it's wide open to you. And you see your Savior, Jesus, risen and ascended with a nail still in his hands and the spear mark still in his side, ruling and reigning all things for your good. And you realize how much he loves you. And you understand just a little bit better that he's taking care of everything and he knows his will is perfect for us. Sometimes our will, it's just we're not even sure what to pray for. Trust. Trust this one. Trust your Father in heaven and the Savior who has made that way to the Father that we have complete access to him. He says, if, if your kid asks you for a fish, who of you would give him a snake? If your kid asks for an egg, who's going to give him a scorpion? And you're sinful people. How much more won't your perfect Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to whoever asks? And what a comfort this is. You know, you, you see the Father who wants to answer and waits for us to ask. Jesus, who has given us away and intercedes for us in the Holy Spirit, the, the third person of the Trinity, three persons, one God, and the Holy Spirit who is often described as the advocate, the one who goes on our behalf, the, the, the comforter, the encourager, who is there to encourage us with God's word and the precious promises and help us to hold on to them, and then who takes our requests, and sometimes those requests that we have no clue what we should even ask for in a situation because everything is so messed up. But yet the Holy Spirit, as Paul says, groans for us with words, with groans that words cannot express, gives just what we need to our Father in heaven. So he gives just what we need. And his will is perfect. And I'm thankful for everything that God says about prayer, the confidence we can have in it, the comfort we have that the Holy Spirit is, is going and explaining exactly what our requests are. Because sometimes we feel just the opposite. Sometimes we feel like maybe God isn't answering us. And we go through the progression. We seek. We, we, and, and we just... But we can trust that God's will is perfect. And he's always doing everything perfectly on our behalf. The Canaanite woman. She comes to Jesus and she's asking. Jesus just ignores her, it seems. And then when the disciples are like, should we send her away? What are you going to do with this lady? And, and she, she's pleading with, and she throws herself right before Jesus, stopping in, in his tracks. And, and you know, she's, she's seeking. She's, she's pounding on the door. And he, he retorts, it's not right to take the, the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she says this. She says, yes, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus heals her daughter. The Apostle Paul, three times he pleaded with the Lord to take that, that messenger of Satan, that thorn in the flesh that the Lord had allowed in his life, and he pleaded with, this is Paul who spoke to the risen Lord, and he pleads with God to take that thorn away from him. And the Lord simply says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It was a cross Paul didn't want to bear. He thought life would be so much better, or I could do so much better work, Lord, for you. I could do this, and, and he had all the plans, but this thorn. But Jesus said, no. That's just what's needed. And my grace is sufficient for you. And so Paul picked up that cross, denied himself, and followed after the will of his God in complete trust. And he says, 
So now I rejoice all the more gladly in my weaknesses that Christ's power may rest on me. You think of Jesus. We want to be imitators of Jesus, imitators of our Father in heaven. And Jesus, as he stared at the cross and bearing the sins of the world, and Lord, if there's another way, may it be done this way, but not my will, but your will be done. And he kept his will in line with the Father's. And he won our salvation on that cross. And by that empty tomb, he assured us that every time we go to the Father, we know he hears us. We know we have a relationship. We are his blood-bought children, and he loves us. And he will do just what is needed. And even when we don't know what to ask for, the Holy Spirit knows. And if there are crosses to bear, he'll help us bear them. And he'll answer every one of our prayers in just the right way. And so pray. Amen. For our stewardship thought, we'll make use of the great gift God has given to us in prayer. And we'll pray the words of, of a well-known hymn. We pray. Be still, my soul, the Lord is on your side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to your God to order and provide. In every change, he faithful will remain. Be still, my soul, your best, your heavenly friend, through thorny ways, leads to a joyful end. Be still, my soul, your God will undertake to guide the future as he has the past. Your hope, your confidence, let nothing shake. All now mysterious shall be bright at last. Be still, my soul, the waves and winds still know his voice who ruled them while he lived below. Lord, grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen.